Hey everyone, we appreciate you listening. We'll get into the show in a bit, but just want to mention, go check out our Twitter page, at Midcourt Madness, for all of our show updates, as well as some breaking news tweets. Also, check out our website, where we post all of our writing at midcourtmadness.wordpress.com. Here's the show. On today's Midcourt Madness, we're, we're a bit late to the party here, but we do have a national champion. The game ended on Monday evening. This is Thursday as we record. Uh, life happens in between. But Kansas is your national champions. They get their third national title, the second of the Bill Self era. And we will recap that game right after this. All right, Biggs, pretty interesting game on Monday night. Um, North Carolina, they thought they had it in the bag in the first half. Um, sometimes those halftime adjustments, um, you know, really John, get you. John, and, hold on. Yeah. Let, me, what, 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 what? let me stop you there. You say, you say Monday night? Yeah, Monday night. There was a game Monday night? Didn't yeah. UNC won the title on Saturday when they beat Duke, didn't they? <laughs> Should we just talk about that instead? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Co- Coach K is dead. Like, I mean, Mike Krzyzewski isn't dead. Coach K is dead. So yeah. he he's over. He's deceased. He's six feet under. The uh, Dukies I still, are dead. I, I still Duke need to figure better, out. The Dukies are dead. I, I still need to figure out where to get that Coach K funeral shirt. Yeah. Um. All the sites look like just sketchy ones. You know, like those Chinese basketball jersey sites. It, how those look always sketchy. Yeah. Pretty sure that's where these shirts are coming from. Probably. Like yeah. eBay back in the day. Yeah. But uh, let's talk about that game instead. Um, Caleb Love with a clutch shot. He dribbles he it down. He made shots that game. He did. He made shots. He, that was uh, nice to see. Yes. And he gets a screen. They're up by one. Um, the big bucket was he gets a screen at the top. Mark Williams didn't quite close out enough. He he was close to blocking that shot. He's he's long. Big kid. Yeah, big kid. And, you know, he's uh, probably going to be a draft pick. Probably. That's yeah, all we care about. He's probably going to get a lot of guys drafted. Probably so at least five of them. Because they have at, NBA guys. But – that's true. Shit. So well, we're not, not playing the NBA enough. right now. That's what's so weird about That's it. That's true. It's not the NBA. Okay. It's college. Isn't that weird how like NBA talent, because NBA is a level up, doesn't necessarily mean that you're better in college? Yeah. It's all about constructing a team and having role players and guys yeah. who do more than just scoring and do more than just post their Instagram highlights of shit. Weird how that works. Yeah. All right. That's Anyways. the pod. Yeah, all right, we're out of here. No, just kidding. Um, no, let's actually talk about that Kansas game. It, it's going to bring up some uh, some bad memories, but it was a fun game. That, that's usually what I that's what I did after the Villanova game for 2016. Is even though it's heartbreaking at the end, like if my coworkers or friends would ask me about it, I'd be like, it was a good game though, and that's how I cope with it. So I'm just going to say it was a good game. I will also say though, it was kind of sloppy. I see North Carolina shot 31. percent yeah, I guess I don't – all right. Let, let's talk about the actual game in terms of – I have a couple of questions. Okay. This is, now, now, keep in mind this is tough because we are, biased. in nature, North Carolina fans. You are biased. I am biased. Um, <clears throat> 2016 versus this one, both crushing defeats. Which one hurt more? 2016, because going into the game, I expected Kansas to win. They are the more talented team, the better team, the, um, in a way, better constructed. That, and they had a little more depth, and it showed at the end there. You could see that. Um, 
yeah, I would say the 2016 one was more heartbreaking because I expected us to win that game. I would agree. I I went to school the next day, and a lot of my students know that I'm a, a UNC fan, and they would they'd come up to me, and the ones that weren't rubbing it in my face, you know, like doing the hey, hey you know, uh, were like, doing okay? How about that? Are you all right? And I, I had like, all oh. my coworkers doing it, but in the annoying way, like purposely being annoying. So yeah, I right. And I guess you need some of those horrible people too. Like it's it's like Star Wars where you need like the, the light and then you need like the Sith. You need the Jedi and you need the Sith. What are the Sith? The yin and yang, right? If without bad, we can't have good. Right. So we need that, of course. <clears throat> but I've even found myself Monday night. I mean, I, I obviously you want UNC to win. And the second like it falls apart, it's like, oh no, 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 no. And, and maybe that's just that, you know, we're getting older and sports maybe don't impact us as much. It doesn't ruin my next day. But even that night, I was just, it was, it was truly the, the old, like, don't be sad that it's over. Be happy that it happened kind of thing. Yeah. I was like, yep. you no, know, I, I didn't expect this team to make this kind of run. Nope. And so this like, game, I didn't, I truly did not really, I was not bothered by it. I was not sad about it. I, that, that 2016 UNC team. Oddly enough, is is different than this one in that this one I feel like there's more finality. I don't think this team is coming back. Like that twenty, like a lot of the pieces aren't. I don't. I don't think. I love people. A lot of them did. Yeah, I love people's uh, like too early um, rankings. They do like projected lineups. I saw. I swear, every single one I saw had both Baycott, Love, and Leaky Black coming back. Um, I'd be. I'd be. I would say I'd put the over under at one and a half on that. Yeah. And I'd honestly wouldn't be surprised if all three of them are gone. I would be shocked if all three are back. And shocked. honestly, big picture here, it's going to be interesting to see not just at North Carolina, but because, for example, Armando Baycott, I know he's got a big NIL deal with Bojangles, which is like, you know, KFC down that area, basically. And um, so it's going to be interesting to see how much this NIL money is impacting. Baycott's decision and just other college basketball athletes. Tons of them. The biggest one's probably Drew Timmy. But yeah, I mean, like that's, that's why any, like I used to get into that kind of thing. Like the, the way too early top 25, like the night the season ended, it was like, okay, you know, I feel like we had a chance here. There's, there's going to be 2000 guys in the transfer portal. There's going to be a hundred different guys making NBA decisions. It's just too exhausting now to even have any idea. Like somebody had, Somebody had UCLA as the top team. It's like there's literally no chance those guys are all coming back. They all came yeah. back for this. And they, I saw it too. They had they had both Juzang, Hawkes, as well as Tiger Campbell. They had yeah. Someone had they, they got they, they have some freshmen coming in. I know Peyton Watson was a freshman this year who right. didn't do. Someone much. had Arkansas. Somebody had you know someone's going to probably have Duke. Like there's just yep. there's so many moving pieces that it's it's literally it, it, impossible. Yeah, it's impossible to say. The best honestly, the best way to guess it would just factor in incoming freshmen like say duke because that's about the only people that's about the only people you know are going to be there for you are incoming freshmen yeah and and even they could they they could they could make the like decommit and recommit they could take a summer class and then be like i'm entering the portal yeah eligible in august yeah exactly so it's weird yeah it's gonna be just as weird (laughs) of an off season as last year was that 2016 team though it just it felt like there was some more you're right. The expectation was that that team was awesome all year. It was a team that was good enough to win the title. They won, They lost in heartbreaking fashion. and But yet there was – it kind of felt like, man, it's over here. And, and you know, you're losing Marcus Page and and, uh, and Bryce Johnson. But, like, they came back the very next year with, with a huge core of those guys. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was kind of – it was like the redeem arc, right? 
the redemption tour. I don't know if this upcoming, this Carolina team probably isn't good enough anyway, where even if they did bring back all their guys, we'd probably, it'd probably be like the smarter thing to do would be like, was this last year's UCLA? Yeah. Were were we the fluke? Like, even if we did have, obviously Manic is like the only one who I think absolutely cannot come back. Right. Um, They're going to have a couple guys transfer out, obviously. Yeah. But, but I don't know. It just it didn't feel like this. You you said it all. You said it the whole tournament. They're playing with house money. Um, mm-hmm. It was a great run, and so I, I'll ask that. And then the second question I'll ask you. Yep. Did UNC choke? They they blew the biggest championship lead in in tournament history. Is that counted as a choke? Are we going to call them? Are we going to call them chokers? I think so. I think you have to. Wow. Okay. I, I you know the fact of the matter is they gave up a fifteen point lead. They were like I said before. They were. Not the favorites in this game. They played a great first half. I think they had some bounces go their way. I wonder what Kansas' shooting percentage was the first half because they were not good. Yeah. So, like, part of it was, you know, North Carolina was playing good defense, playing good offense. But part of it was Kansas was not playing very good offensively. And, you know, what what did Kansas jump out to? A 7-0 lead? Um, I remember sitting there thinking, like, Dewan Harris – was up in the face of R.J. Davis bringing out the ball the entire first few minutes at least. And I don't know if he was the whole first half where he stopped. Like, when North Carolina went on their run, was he stopping doing that, or did we just figure it out all of a sudden? <clears throat> they weren't scoring at all, so they had no opportunities to get up and press, I suppose. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. So, yeah, basically us defending them in the first half was basically what – Got got us out to that fifteen uh, point lead and was it sixteen? Because it's twenty two twenty two and that's thirty eight twenty two, so the sixteen zero run in there. And I remember texting you at halftime because you know halftime obviously is where coaches make adjustments both sides. And this halftime because it's you know national championship game, media is going to get their their ad revenue, so it's longer, uh, probably by like five minutes or so. That's the we got screwed. We got screwed by the extra long halftime. And like it's something in football too, like with the with the Super Bowl halftime show. There's like an element of, you know, that halftime show and players being in the locker room for longer than they're usual, like they're used to. So it's like coming out in that second half, it's tough to get going again. Sometimes didn't seem like it was tough to get going for Kansas. Not for Kansas, no. Yeah. Um. And no credit to Kansas. They whatever Bill Self said to them at halftime worked. They basically. Like from the get go, it was just them pounding them. I think they had a set play to McCormick right away. Um, North Carolina, it seemed like, you know how like say like example Caleb Love against Duke had that. It wasn't quite a dagger three because it, it only got them up four, but like you see teams have this dagger three. Like say if say if Caleb Love's three that game was to go up seven, I would call that a dagger three. It seemed like R.J. Davis and Caleb Love were trying to get that dagger three with about eighteen minutes left. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the two guards they they took them very far. Those two guys played awesome for Carolina the whole tournament, and they combined to go ten of forty one in the championship game. Yeah, uh, hard to win when your two guards go ten of forty one. Yeah, and Caleb Love w- went what five of twenty five from the field or something like that. I mean, it was it was rough. And so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, what's amazing is this this Kansas team. I think we we always do this. <clears throat> we as a college basketball media because we're part of that. You know, very true. We're we're inviting ourselves to that party. Various uh, or teams we're crashing it. Yeah, is is we compare? Well, how did this Kansas team win? They're not even as good as any of the other Kansas teams, and and it doesn't 
and we always have to remind everybody that like it doesn't matter if this Kansas team isn't as good as the Kansas team from 2010 because the path was created for this Kansas team to to get to the championship and win it. Kansas has probably had championship caliber teams 10 out of the last 15 years. Yep. 12? I mean they're always they're always in the mix with yep. the, with the exception of maybe a couple of years but like this team wasn't that good from a from a pure talent NBA talent perspective, right? It wasn't a team loaded with with five stars. It wasn't a team loaded with one and done type of freshmen. It wasn't stacked up even with like eight, nine, ten guys. Like you said, they don't play a ton of guys. They played basically six and a half dudes. Mitch Lightfoot was one of the dudes they played. And uh, I mean, it, it's incredible to think like how good some of those other Kansas teams are that didn't win. You know, the one seed in two thousand and ten with. With uh, with Cole Aldrich and Sharon Collins and Wayne Selden that got taken out by UNI, Ali Faropanesh. Uh, the team in 2014 with Andrew Wiggins and Joel Embiid was a two seed, probably good enough to win the title, but Joel Embiid's injuries probably ended up kind of killing them. They got taken out, I think, by Stanford or New Mexico. I can't remember who they lost in the second round. You know, the team that uh, they had a couple of years here with with like Frank Mason and Selden and Perry Ellis where I think they got to the Elite Eight and lost to Villanova maybe in 2016. And then in 2018, where they got past Duke in the Elite Eight with with uh, with Devontae Graham and some of those other guys. I think they went to the Elite Eight like three or four years in a row. I mean, they've, they've had just awfully good teams. I don't think this team's any is nearly as good as some of those. You know, it's probably like the 10th or 11th best Kansas team in the last 15 years. Yeah. It was damn good. I mean, that just speaks to how good – and consistently excellent Kansas has been, even in their bad years. They're, I mean, listening to another podcast, they had Parrish and Norlander going through some of just the seed lines. Yep, I remember that. They haven't and been more like, than like a three seed in 15 years. Yeah, and we go through crazy. like halfway through the year, we're like, Kansas sucks. And they're a three <laughs> seed. And it's just like, my God, it's yeah. amazing. And it truly is kind of incredible how they've only got two titles. And that just shows you how, how impossible it is. It's a gauntlet. I mean, it just puts it in perspective how hard it is for somebody. I mean, who would have thought John Calipari, I mean, you think about it, he has one championship at Kentucky. Yeah, that's great. That's incredible to think, like, how good they are every year, and they've got one. And they've only been to the Final Four, I think. Were they, they were there in maybe 2015, and besides that, they've been there, like, three times. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just – so, I don't know. This Kansas team, I mean, we talked about it earlier. We didn't spend a whole lot of the year thinking this is the best team in the country. And I would say probably they, they might not still be the best team in the country. But yeah. this year there wasn't a best team in the country. Probably There wasn't a head and shoulders best team. They were the ones that lasted the longest. And, you know, sometimes it's really hard to last more than a couple minutes. You know, Kansas lasted Don't we all know that. Really well. yeah. 30 uh, seconds and, is a long time. I know. <laughs> and it's interesting, as you were talking about, um, like, NBA talent and them not getting, you know, like Duke level NBA talent. I went to uh 24-7. I just pulled up. I, I'm trying to like build their roster and like their main ro- rotational guys just based off their rankings. So 2019 uh, class included Jalen Wilson, number 53 in the country. Dewan Harris, number 94 in the country. Christian Brown, number 130. So um, three top 150 guys, two top 100s. McCormick, I think, was like a top 40-ish guy in 2018. Yep. 2018 was McCormick, 36. Oshaya Baji, National Player of the Year candidates, 132. They wanted to redshirt him, I remember. 
Really? Yeah, they wanted to redshirt him, and then he, he ended up that 2018 team had like Diedrich Lawson, and they had a couple of really good transfers, and everybody thought Kansas was going to be stacked. Yep. And then somebody had to leave the team, somebody got hurt, and all of a sudden this Abaji kid who from Kansas City, I think, was was playing like <laughs> decent decent minutes as a freshman. Yeah, this kid's not this kid's not bad. Yeah, and you know, I looked at twenty. I'm looking at twenty twenty now. They do have a top uh, rated number twenty one from twenty twenty one, um, five star guy. Not there anymore because he transferred to Oklahoma State, and that's Bryce Thompson. So you wonder if he wishes he was still there celebrating a national championship. But it just goes to show, like when colleges are you know on Twitter tweeting out, oh, we got this guy, we got that guy. Oh, now we have this amount of five star prospects. Um, hashtag Duke. Um, it really doesn't matter. It's about, you know, building a solid roster who, with guys who fill different roles and who excel at the, those roles. Um, obviously, there's some outliers where um, I'll use 2015 Duke as an example where they did build that team based off of, um, f- you know, five-star freshmen. I think four of them, if, if you can include Grayson Allen in there for four of them. Um, but even then, they had Matt Jones, who was a defensive specialist and who started for them. Um, so even in the one year that they did win a national title with uh, one and duns, they had one you know upperclassman who was doing the dirty work for them. They also had Quinn Cook and Emil Jefferson and yep. a bunch of upperclassmen that were doing. But yeah, I mean, I, I think you want you want five stars, right? You're not going to turn down five stars. Villanova uh, won the national championship without five stars, but they'd sure uh, it's not because uh, it's not because they didn't want five stars, right? Carolina, I mean. Love, Baycott, yep. Black, Davis, all these guys were, were highly rated top 100 guys. So you certainly, it's it's not, you know, we don't see Belmont winning the national championship. It's, you know, you do need, you do need dudes. But yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think it's a combination of some of, I mean, the recruiting services sometimes get stuff wrong. We, we've noticed that five stars leave and all this stuff or guys bust out. Uh, Bill Self is as good a coach probably as there is in the country. He's, he's probably the best one. In terms of, I mean, he mm-hmm. he is coaching at one of the biggest branded jobs in the country. He's not getting huge five star talent all the time, and yet he still just continues to churn out wins after wins after wins because he does. He develops guys. Guys get a lot better. You know, Shayabaji is like the perfect college story of a kid who under recruited out of high school comes to Kansas, plays a little bit as a freshman, turns into a starter. He's kind of the number three guy on that 2020 team that was that was going to be a one seed. Gets a little better as a junior, and now he's the man as a senior, right? Yep. Christian Brown, if he comes back, he's probably that guy next year, right? Played a little bit as a freshman, played a little more as a sophomore. He's the Robin as a junior, and he's probably the man as a senior if he comes back. Jalen Wilson, same thing. Yep. Guys that just kind of get better and better. It's it's nice to see because there does feel like it's like this this war on college hoops that these guys who stay in college, the culture of the sport now is – I need to go get recruited more. I need to either enter the transfer portal or I'm here to, to leave quick so I can get to the NBA. And, and they have they have guys that stuck it out and got better and developed and grew. And I don't know. It's 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 impressive. And I don't know. I, I, Kansas is one of the least hateable blue bloods for me. They're, they're like something that's decent about them. And they're probably going to have to give back this championship if we're, you know, we talk about uh, some of the recruiting violation stuff. They, they've been doing some dirty shit. Yeah, have you dug into that at all? Have you dug into that at all? Are you able to speak no, I intelligently could, I could not on it? I care less. I just like, okay. legitimately Same. don't care less. It's I too also much to think about. I just want to watch basketball. You I know? also cannot speak intelligently on it. I don't know if it's something that 
is it was it that... was recruiting it was TJ Gasnola funneling money to to like Adidas guys funneling money to different recruits like Silvio D'Souza was 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 okay. uh, in deep on that stuff. And, so it's something I was going to ask you is it something that is now legal that wasn't legal at the time or is it you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know if it's all the way legal now. It's probably okay. like not as not as illegal. But okay. that's maybe me just kind of talking about my ass on that. But oh. they're probably going to have to give back that title uh, very soon. They're probably going to get hit with a tournament ban for a year. And so... So uh, we won. Who knows? North Carolina wins. Yeah, yeah. Who won the 2013 national title when Louisville gave that thing back? It'd be... Was that, was that Michigan? It was, but didn't they also beat Wichita State? They beat them True. in the Final Four. I, I, I love when people do that because, like, let's just say take this for example. Like, it, like say if North Carolina found out that Kansas got like a title vacated and North Carolina fans were in an uproar. It's like, well, okay. Did you expect that at the time you were just going to like show up to the gym and there's no one on the other side or something? They would have had to play Miami who beat them by 25 earlier. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) My point. So like, it's like, what what was that movie? The butterfly effect? Is that what it's called? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It was a good game. Um, You knew when Carolina, I guess, man, we're circling back all the way to the choking thing. I don't know if they did choke. I, I don't like calling it a choke. I, they're up by 15. The way the sport is played, like it's a game of runs. Would have thought Kansas wasn't going to make a run and make that mm-hmm. game impressive. I yep. guess. I mean, yeah. I, I I thought when you're up 15, like you definitely want to win that one. And yep. It sucks that you don't. But a 15 point lead at halftime is just not with the way with the pace that teams play at, especially these two teams. A 15 point lead, if it was Virginia, you know, you might not get 15 more possessions. True, but. Carolina and Kansas play fast. And Kansas, I mean, you, you saw it when they were finally able to get up and down, mm-hmm. forcing turnovers and get out in the transition. I mean, they're just devastating in transition. And so, I don't know, a 15-point lead is like a six-point lead. And so, yeah. I don't know. Kansas was just – they're a better team. I, I don't think you're choking necessarily if you're losing to a team that's just simply better than you. You know, and they, they just ran out of juice. They couldn't make shots. They just look slow Monday night against Kansas. I mean, Kansas looked yeah. like far more, like, explosive – athletic team at least in the second half and i think partly because you mentioned kind of dewan harris getting into the guards i mean he got into the legs a little bit i think of rj davis and caleb love and and those two guys just it looked you're right they looked like they were taking the hero ball shots and that was like the only way they were going to get a shot because they couldn't get they couldn't turn it into a five on four there was nobody breaking anybody down mm-hmm. they baycott was severely compromised like they could not give him the ball and just let him go to work either. Yep. So they just it was just, you know, they lost to a better team. That's the thing. Yep. Is just I guess I'm not too I'm not bummed out about that versus 2016 where I, I mean Villanova is a good team, but I guess I don't consider them significantly better than Carolina. So, yeah. And let's break down the end of the game here cuz it was it was a fun end of the game. And I'm looking at this at 306, it was tied at 65 and I I like to do this thing when I'm watching where it's like I like the 306 mark and it's tied. I'm like, okay, it's a three minute game now. And whoever wins this last three minutes, obviously that's who wins it. Um, North Carolina gets the lead with, is that one, the 141 mark? And I think that was the last time I scored. They got the lead 69 to 68. And um, I wonder, might've been a couple possessions where it was back and forth with no point. Or no. Okay. Did, did Baycott injure his ankle after Kansas got the lead? Yeah. Okay, so McCormick 
gets his uh, – I think that was his putback one where he had a second up, second chance shot. And then the next time down the floor, I believe, is when Baycott, um, Baycott uh, rolled his ankle on wh- – where do you stand on um, basketball floor flexing gates? Well, the, the, you mean you're talking about just like the floor, how it moved and shit? Yeah. I don't know. I don't have the energy. I got I got sick after the game. Like I not sick like to my like I was sick sick, but like I feel like my body for months has been fighting off a cold because it's college basketball. You have to be healthy to watch college hoops. Tuesday and Wednesday, I did not feel great. Sore throat, really? runny nose, stuffy nose, headache, all this stuff. It was like my body said, you can finally now, you are allowed to get sick because the season is over. Good for it. And so I just, I don't have the emotional bandwidth to just sum up a take on the floor. <laughs> Would I have liked I, the floor to not do that? Yes. But I don't know. What are you going to do? I mean, we had 39 minutes and like 58 other seconds where we could have not fucked the game up. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, it's oh, here, 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 Here's a better question. I've seen articles where it's like Kansas showed this amazing display of sportsmanship by not attacking with the five on four. That was really nice of them. Do you actually think that's what their thought was? Do you think they were planning on attacking no. and then like, oh wait, no, our man, wait, where's where's Mondo? Oh wait, we gotta wait for him actually. I don't, I don't know. I'm yeah, I don't think so either. I don't, I don't think, think so either. I don't think so. No, I think, <laughs> I think college kids for one just are like, it's the old like Titus always says. It's like college basketball is the the kid catches the pass and he looks up, coach, can I shoot it? Yeah. Says, no. Okay, sounds good. And then he passes it. Next kid catches it. Coach, can I shoot it? The coach looks around and thinks about it. No, you have to pass it too. And, and so I just I think there's like a little bit of that. And I think Kansas probably just didn't like a let's just kill clock. And, yeah, oh, I think so too. Foul us. Interesting. Oh, there's only four of them. And then by the time they did, you know, he had Bunny hopped his way down and fouled somebody. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe Kansas was doing that, but maybe uh, who knows? Uh, better than us. I sure would have tried to go get a layup. But yeah. But yeah, back to the three minutes thing. The story of this game, you know, at the end of the game, the team that's going to win is the one that makes the plays down the stretch. And Kansas is the one who made the plays down the stretch. I'm, McCormick had two straight uh, um, shots that went in towards the end of the game to give them a three-point lead. I can't remember which one was a putback. One of them, they got a rebound. I can't remember the first or second one, but that was a yeah, big no, play, too. I know the and big that, one, they, the, the very ending one to put them up three was like a post-up where he, had, he got Manic sealed yep. up. Yeah. And- and buried a bucket, and I was thinking about And Maddox, like, it, Maddox in a bad spot there, <clears throat> or in a tough spot, I mean, in a tough spot was, with Baycock going out. I was just thinking out. to myself how, like, earlier in the first half, I had been thinking, like, yes, keep feeding David McCormick, because this guy just keeps shooting, and this is the David McCormick that I've been that I've been complaining about from a Kansas perspective for two years, how he just the he black takes hole. so many stupid shots. He's a black hole. He catches the ball at, like, 10 feet, somehow takes a 14-foot fadeaway jump hook that has just, like, a 5% chance of going in. And I'm like, this this is playing right into our hands right now. They're just like trying to do like a giant dick measuring contest between the two big guys who played together on AAU. Yeah. And uh, this is going to benefit us because Kansas has horses and they're not using them. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, he makes the shot that kind of puts them away. So, yeah, yeah that was something. But, yeah, yeah what are you going to do? It was, a, it was a good ending to the game. I think it was a great – I will say this. Even as a biased – I think I try to put – I'll try to put my bias away. This is a good way to end the year. Last year, I mean, think about the Baylor-Gonzaga game. Two minutes in the game, you're like, this thing's It was over, yeah. Over. And I feel like we've had a number of those. Um, You know, and and there's been a handful of games where it's just like like the Michigan-Villanova one a couple years ago where the same thing. Like, Villanova came out and hit the first, I don't know, how many threes. They just piled up points where it's like, 
this is all over with the handshake line, you know, five minutes into the game. But they're probably going to skip out on that. You know, what's that? They're probably going to skip out on that. Did you see Duke skipped out again? They played another game or what? On Saturday, Duke skipped out on this handshake line. Whoa. Like like Coach K and a couple of players did, but the rest of the players just sprinted off the floor. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, Yeah, Um, weird. But I don't know. The the game itself, the championship game, it, it delivered. And this whole tournament, really minus the Elite Eight round, I feel like just it delivered. And it's it fun. It was, it's fun having fans in the stands. It gets that you know electric um, atmosphere to it. So that was fun again. Um, yeah, I'm here for it. I can't wait for the next one. Um, any other takeaways, Biggs? None. How long do you think you are going to give now before you start paying attention to transfer portal offseason movement? Because I check the transfer portal thing every once in a while, and I'm just like, I can't keep it all straight. It's just too much. I feel like I need to. I might need bug to- for like a month. I might need to create an Excel file and track all of it. Oh, yeah. It's almost okay. impossible. Yeah. It sucks. Because who's North Carolina going to get? That's what I want to know. Yeah. when is? I'm curious. When is the early entry? The early entry deadline is sometime oh. in like May, right? In June, I was going to say May, one other thing. One other thing. It's going to go faster this year, Biggs, because I saw last year. I don't know if it was the deadline to tra- say you're in the portal or to actually commit was July 31st. Must be to say you're in the portal. The deadline this year to say you're in the portal is May 31st. So it's like two months before. So if you're so not it, in the portal by the end of May, I think that's what you it was. You are ineligible in the fall. You're you have to stay at whatever college you're at, no questions asked. No. Way. Okay, maybe not. Maybe not. I'm pretty sure that's what I read. May 31st. Okay, my guess is that must be like a you're ineligible for that. You have to sit out a year then. Maybe. That's good. We talked about that last year. How they need they need to have some sort of there can't be a kid dropping out in the middle of July saying, "Nope, now I want to play." You know what I mean? Well, it, ma- it makes it easier on the coaches too to know that you're not constructing your roster in September, you know? You're constructing your exactly. roster exactly. in like it's, July it's instead. Absurd. It's like at some yeah. point, at some point you're either in or out. So Yeah, exactly. So yep. no. Everybody basically enters the portal anyway and is like, "I could still come back though. Just yep. tell me how much you want me to come back." Yep. All right. Well, it is officially off season. <laughs> I love it. It's officially off season, Biggs. Um, we uh, and we also have about almost four more weeks where we still cannot sleep. We sleep in May, uh, so we're still we're still up and at it. So might as well just keep looking at the transfer portal. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, looking at it like a like a drunk guy at like two a.m. where it's like I feel obligated to stay up, but damn it, if I don't want to go home and go to bed. Yeah, yeah. Off season, worst time of the year. Um, you're just all sweaty outside. You feel obligated to do something instead of just watching basketball. Um, and yeah, I'm not sure what our schedule exactly will be like. It'll be a little more sporadic instead of just a once a week sort of thing. It'll probably be like what I do is I have a notes app or like the notes app on the iPhone. And I just like write down stuff like so-and-so is transferring. So-and-so is committing. And then once I feel like we have enough to fill up a show, then I'm, I text you and I say, let's record. All right. That yeah. sounds good to me. Yeah. So I know the next one, um, I got stuff going on in the next couple of weeks here. I'm moving into a new house on the 21st. So I'm, I can guarantee there will not be one before that. Are you okay with that, Biggs? On our production meeting. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Okay, perfect. So yeah, we'll see you in not under two weeks, in at least two weeks. This is our so, two uh, weeks notice. Yes. Two weeks notice, just like, just like you should do at work. Actually, you ever seen that movie, it. Sandra Bullock, Hugh Grant? That's a movie? It's a rom-com, yeah. 
Oh, I like rom-coms, actually. You should watch it. It's not a superhero movie, so I better. Yeah. Oh, I just got I just got an alert from The Athletic, Biggs. Duke lands five-star Australian point guard, Tyrese Proctor. Ooh, Tyrese? That's not a very Australian name. Yeah, that's 2023 class. So Duke's already getting their NBA talent for next year. 2023. So, okay. Yes. Good on them. Yeah, I mean, they're uh, the recruiting train is not. It's it's still very well on the tracks for Duke. I mean, their their roster is gonna be loaded next year. Yeah. You know, it, well, it's, it's gonna be great for when Coach K returns next year. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, yeah. let's get out of here, Biggs. All right, bye.